Welcome to Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for all things human factors, psychology, and design. Hey everyone, it's episode 171. Today is June 25th, 2020, and you're listening to Human Factors Cast. I'm your host, Nick Rome. I'm joined today, back from vacation, Mr. Blake Arnstorff. Best vacay ever. How is everybody doing? <laughs> Good, man. Hey, you know what? In lieu of news this week, we're going to do something a little different. We're actually going to go and preview a couple of upcoming conferences. I know this year it's it's been a little weird with uh, the COVID situation. Um, a lot of things are happening virtually. Some things got canceled. So we'll just kind of take a take a quick look at, at some of the conferences going on just to kind of give you uh, an overview of what's going on. Hopefully that'll be helpful to the community. I feel like it is. Um, you know, we couldn't find anything from news, but we wanted to give you something meaningful. So we landed on that. Um, you know, and, and as we go through these two, uh, we're going to briefly touch on them. Um, but if you want more information, we do have human factors minutes on all these, at least scheduled we do. Um, and so if you want to find out more, uh, that's a good place. Speaking of human factors minute, we just came out with that, uh, earlier this year. Uh, go check it out. It's, um, bite-sized human factors content for you to enjoy at your leisure uh but first off blake i gotta check in with you because it's been like behind the let's pull back the curtain here a little bit for our listeners here we recorded that interview with dan and that episode uh back on like the first monday of the month um and then was it really that long ago that we recorded that that's so I nuts i feel like it was yeah so that was actually um yeah so we recorded that on the first and I hadn't even I hadn't even moved yet. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. we we okay. scheduled that on the first. We were, we were planning to drop it on the fourth, but then um, we felt like there were other voices that needed to be heard, so we dropped that on the eleventh instead. And then last week you were out, and so I had to get Erin on the show, which she did a fantastic job filling in for you. Uh, thank her next time you see her. Um, and uh, so so now here we are, twenty five days later from the last time we spoke. So you Man. have to have something for me. Man, I don't know. The, the biggest thing I've done is I definitely moved apartments, so it's been a little chaotic trying to get all the bits and bobs in place. Um, and I will tell you, the biggest thing hurdle that I had moving was not actually moving stuff from point A to point B, was actually getting internet established and set up in the correct apartment. Because uh, I don't know how or who you deal with, and I'm not going to name any names, but some of the ISPs I've had to deal with have continually given me a really hard time while... I'm transferring apartments and using the same service or transferring locations. And it's been interesting from like the human factors perspective of taking a problem and trying not to get too frustrated in the moment and understanding that there's like a systematic issue that's going on from like a process management standpoint and like being able to take that step back and not be, not be blaming the different people you talk to. Um, I don't know. It was, it was a really humbling experience because like, like most other people, if you're working from home, the internet is basically how you're working from home. Um, so being at least having to figure out like creative ways to figure out when to start and stop internet and then dealing with problems in between has been a fun and interesting challenge all the way. Um, that, that's so striking to me because your situation is a little unique too, because didn't you guys just get another unit in the same complex? So you didn't really have to even move far, right? Like, it's no, we didn't move far at all. Um, but there was a lot like, uh, what happened, what happened this time was apparently a piece of equipment that I had is so old from a, 
previous apartment. Then when they found out that I had it, they cut it off because it 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 actually posed security risks to their own network and how wow. it was connected. So it was one of those things where like you don't understand the full story till the very end. Um, but yeah, so it should have been a super simple idea, but it, it turned out not to be. Um, but other than that, man, lots of lots of fun, different music stuff I'm doing. Been getting a little too absorbed in figuring out how to program drums. Uh, so that's been a little nuts. But just trying to keep everything together. How about yourself? What's been going on in your world? Man, well, so I got I got a couple things for you. So I talked about this briefly with Erin, but she's, she's not as much of a VR slash Star Wars nerd as us. So I'm going to tell you so we can nerd out about it. Yeah, uh, that's not a slide on Aaron at all. It's just she didn't, she couldn't nerd out with me. Star Wars Squadrons, man. Do you see the trailer for this thing? Yeah, that was all over. Surprisingly enough, my LinkedIn page. It was all over the place. It seems insane, man. You you want to squad up with me? So it would be so cool. <laughs> Holy cow! Like that looked way better than even the VR experience that I did at your house yeah. through PSVR. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, this whole game is going to be playable in virtual reality. So. It's just, it's going to be awesome. I'm very excited for it. Um, but if we're talking about human factors things, I, I, I do want to mention one thing. So, um, and I'll kind of encourage any of our listeners who may be sort of um, falling into the status quo, because I know I, I've definitely been there and I've fallen into that rhythm. Um, and it's, it's uh, I, I'm trying myself to learn things outside of my comfort zone. And, um, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but like, what are, what are your experience with Scrum Masters? Have you worked on Agile development um, and worked with Scrum Masters at all? I haven't worked with Scrum Masters. I've worked with, I, I don't know. I feel like that term is newer than when I, any of the times I've ever worked in Agile. So I don't, I don't really know. But I've had, you know, I guess leaders of Agile teams. Um, but that's really all I know. Are you training to be a Scrum Master? I am. So reason being... I was thinking about it, and like, if you think about human factors is to users, right? Improving uh, uh, systems and programs and interfaces and ergonomics for, for users, right? A scrum master is basically in charge of removing impediments for product teams. Um, and so I thought this was a really interesting kind of uh, class to take because... You know, I can almost human factors getting, you know, there's a certain process that you have to take within the Agile framework. But, um, you know, I, I always find it fascinating to get the most grease on your team to make them function properly. And so this this type of role is very appealing to me. Now, I don't think I'll ever fully change over into a scrum master, but I think there's a lot of skills that this type of role has that I can use to just help better my communication within teams, especially right now, everyone's distributed, everyone's working from home. Um, and so the more I can help, uh, and you know, the, the, their whole premise, and if you're unfamiliar with what a scrum master does, their whole premise is to remove impediments, to facilitate meetings, to um, basically encourage communication among teams. Do any of those sound familiar to you? Absolutely, yeah. Right. I mean, that sounds like what a good, from what I what I've experienced, what a good PM is. It's just like if you are if you have a good project manager, you have a better chance of that being the case. Yeah, that's on my list for training too. Uh, Scrum masters kind of um, they call it a servant leader, right? You you are just there to facilitate, 
And so you're not like really an owner of the product. You're just kind of keeping things on track. And, you know, I have product owner, product manager on my list as things that I want to take too. Um, because this, this goes along with that sort of higher level understanding. If you can understand what role everybody plays in an organization, things can be a lot smoother for you, especially when you're like working. Developers are probably the biggest hurdle, right? If you understand what type of things they're working on and how the code works and how things, what things are possible and what kind of shortcuts they can take to, I think that's probably the most bang for your buck. But the next biggest bang is probably understanding what everybody's roles are and you know communicating with them so so that's why i'm taking this class i think it's been pretty helpful um and you know i think of it like a like like any other skill it's um you know like with this project that i that i made and it's hanging up on my wall the the control panel right i learned woodworking i learned prop making i learned electronics um and it all came together to make this thing and so you know i for me, it's like I've taken human factors course. I've taken UX, you know, programs. And now I'm taking more things to, to further my skills and to kind of further uh, my understanding about how some of this stuff works. And um, so I'd encourage anyone that's listening that might, um, you know, it doesn't have to be Scrum Master. I'm just saying go out there, explore other skills that might be tangentially related to what you're working on because you never know what kind of information you'll pull out of those Um like uh like i'll give an example so adam savage from mythbusters um he has a book and basically says you know if you are um he always looks for things from other professions so if he's looking you know like if he's making something he'll look at like what surgeons use for like getting really deep into tissue to pull something out right that's like long uh tweezers or something he might use those on a project because they fit the purpose. And so it's all about looking outside of your tool set at what other people do and see if you can pull any of those in. I just thought it was really interesting and uh, something that I'm pretty jazzed about. So um, I think this time next week, I'll have a couple extra initials um, tacked in after my name. So <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Since you're interested in like business process improvement, and I know you have like a data centric drive, you should check out Six Sigma. Because that was something that I was really pushed to get certified in when I was working in a startup, where you were, where we were really defining, you know, key KPIs for each group and then their sub members and what to look out for in terms of from a data process management standpoint. How do you improve a product and not just like the product itself, but how we're interacting with each other, looking at how meeting times change and stuff like that. So you might find that really interesting. Um, and it has a lot of kind of application, of course, in Agile, where you're trying to do things in a very lean fashion. Uh, so where where can you cut the fat and where can you build in more time for what you need? Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a good idea to be pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. And also, if it's applicable to your job, that's even like a, a nicer help, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, go, go, go check out just a just Google something. I don't know. Figure, figure something out. Take a class on something else. Maybe you know, <laughs> it'll be useful yeah. to you. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into the next part of the show? It's time for Human Factors News, except, Blake, there's no news this week. This is normally the part of the show where we talk about everything related to the field of Human Factors. Um, and you know what? We always say, as long as it relates to the field, it's fair game for us to talk about. I feel like this is fair game for us to talk about. Um, 
Yeah, I know, especially since for a lot of this, we usually are like prepping for going to a conference or getting coverage from it. But since there's a lot of virtual options, uh, this is kind of a cool way to supplement some of the stuff we would normally do in a year. Yeah, so so uh, to peel back the curtain here, everyone, we so Blake and I, before the show, we actually went through a list of a lot of the popular conferences that a lot of Human Factors folks uh, go to. And just to be absolutely transparent, this is not comprehensive. This is not by any means every single conference out there. Um, we wanted to kind of pick out a couple that we've mentioned on the show, a couple that we haven't mentioned on the show. And like I said, all these, if you want more information, we do have Human Factors Minutes on all of them scheduled. So um, you can go check those out. Uh, so I figure, you know, this this is not really our normal cadence here, but we, we can just kind of go down this list. We'll talk about what the conference is, just a brief description of, about it, and then, um, you know, when it was originally planned or the rescheduled date and what the status is on it, right? So, like, I'll start here. The first one we have on this list is FEES, you know, and I actually haven't heard of this until just the other, uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, but this is the uh, the Federation of European Ergonomic Societies. Have you heard of this, Blake? No, I haven't. It's interesting because it looks like this is called the Applied Ergonomics Conference. Yeah, so, um, well, hang on. Let me look at the list here. Is it the Applied Ergonomics? I don't know. We just found out about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, but uh, the, let me just make sure. Yeah, it is the Applied Ergonomics Conference. You are correct. Um, yeah, so this is the, uh, you know, their mission is to enhance the recognition of ergonomics contributing to economic development, quality of life, all that stuff. So, um, you know, if you're interested in ergonomics, it's probably a good one to uh, to go to. This one was scheduled for the U.S., which is a big deal since it's international, right? I mean, for a lot of the people that live in the States, it was scheduled March 16 through 19. I know that's in the past, um, but they did say it's postponed. Uh, but there's n- currently no information about when it's going to happen. All right, Blake, you're up. Goodness. So this is a big one and one that I've looked forward to trying to go to for probably the past, I don't know, two or three years. So this is Kai. Um, and unfortunately, this year, it looks like they have canceled the in-person conference. And as well, they've also canceled like any kind of virtual option. Um, but this was slated to be a- earlier in April this year. One thing that I do want to point out as I went down further in their little notice that they've left um, it doesn't seem like they've scheduled a date for this specific part, but it looks like, if I can find it here, they were they were thinking about still holding a what's called the Doctoral Consortium and Research Competition um, as a self-contained track that may actually have you know a virtual component. Uh, but there is no kind of details released for it yet. So if you're interested in anything like that or any of the research competitions that Kai does put on every year, it might be worth kind of just keeping an eye on their social channels for the ne- over the next couple of months and see if you see anything. Uh, and we can definitely do the same. But as far as stuff for Kai as normal, it's unfortunately not happening this year. Yeah, that one, I'm pretty bummed about that one too. Kai is something that uh, I always wanted to go to. And, um, you know, if it wasn't, smack dab in, the, in late April it might have been something that I would have actually had a chance to attend right it's Honolulu this year uh, so that yeah. would be fun um, up next we have IEEE and there's a bunch of different conferences with IEEE if you're unfamiliar IEEE is uh, uh, kind of like a consortium of uh, 
Well, what does IEEE stand for? Let's let's start there, right? IEEE is um Oh jeez. Where is it? <laughs> I just had it. It's a uh, international if you can find it first Blake, let me know. Engineering something or another. It used to be on the, in their logo. They've since They have changed, changed it. it, right? I was looking for the logo. Um <laughs> yeah. Uh let's see here. Jeez. Anyway, they're the the aha. Here we go. Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. Okay, so the the reason why we have this in Human Factors is you know they're they're um they're looking at technical professional organizations dedicated to uh, sort of advancing technology, um you know at the benefit of of humanity really, and and that's kind of the root of Human Factors is to kind of benefit the user, right? And so it's it's outside human factors proper, but it's important that we go to conferences like this where we can have uh, sort of a larger say than we might have, you know, like if you go to HFES, right, everyone there knows HFES and everyone's going to uh, talk about human factors and it's very easy to talk to somebody about human factors. But these ones that are more technology focused, it's it's interesting to go out and talk to people who might not know exactly what we do or what we're capable of. Um, it gives you a unique perspective, I think. So, so uh, the first they, like I said, they have a whole swath of different um, uh, conferences. The first one uh, coming up here actually starts today, started today, uh, June 25th through the 27th. So if you're listening to this this weekend, you might be able to check it out. Electronic computers and artificial intelligence. Uh, this is a virtual event, so uh, you might want to check that out. All right, Blake, what do we got up next? They got a fair few cool ones. All right, so upcoming next, we got AHFE. So that is the Applied Human Factors and Ergonomics uh, and Affiliated Conferences. And they are still going strong this year, so they'll be coming through in July 16th to the 20th, and it is going to be a virtual conference. Um, and I definitely encourage anybody that's interested in AHFE to go check out their ahfe2020.org website because uh, it does like most of these conferences include a lot of different disciplines and conference options um, so you've got everything from you know creative and innovative on entrepreneurship to designing for inclusion portions of a conference all the way to the aspects of advanced manufacturing um, so definitely just to break down a little bit about what the conference's goals are. So AHFE's conference objective is to provide an international forum for the dissemination and exchange of scientific information on theoretical, generic, and applied areas of human factors and ergonomics. Uh, but the cool thing about a lot of their listing for uh, what's going to, what you can possibly, you know, attend or as part of the affiliated conferences is it's got everything and how human factors applies in it. So one area that I'm, increasingly interested in cybersecurity and they've got an entire you know conference dedicated to that um, same thing with human factors in simulation and simulation theory so there's a lot of really awesome stuff if you're kind of into the human factors niche and there's things you would like to learn more about or things you're currently studying like ai or anything of that nature it's a really cool opportunity to learn from probably the some of the best people in the field and also a little bit of a virtual networking opportunity as well yeah, uh, applied human factors and ergonomics. That's I, I, I'm bad at listing or saying what the acronym is for too. Um, so I'm going to try to catch you on it. You catch me. Got on it. it. Uh, HCI International, Human Computer Interaction International. Uh, this one's another one of those kind of uh, funny ones that um, 
borderline is uh is outside of human factors but it's not right it's it's more it's definitely geared more towards human factors but it's definitely more technology focused too um so uh the um hci 2020 is going to be uh it's it's actually got some overlap with ahfe and it's got some overlap with the next one we'll talk about too this one's happening from july 19th through the 24th uh and this is also a virtual event um hci i've never been to personally this one uh was going to be in denmark but now anyone around the world can go and it's you know the the virtual event is really cool i i'm that's the biggest thing about all these things that are going virtual like you can attend all these now it's not like you have to hop on a plane and go to honolulu or go to denmark or go to um you know any of these locations it's all from your desk which is awesome um so they got, uh, let's see here, three days of tutorials, parallel sessions with paper presentations, poster sessions, and exhibition. Um, you know, they got human-computer interaction as a thematic area. Um, and, uh, you know, they talk about a, a wide swath of things. UX is in there. You got requirement engineering, design methods and techniques. There's a bunch of different um, human-centered things in there which are which are definitely worth um worth your time i think gotcha uh yeah what's All up right next? so next we got Incosi. so i had to look up this one ahead of time so it's the international council of systems engineering um it looks like they've got a conference coming up that's going to also be virtual um looks like we've got a virtual event that actually happens on july 20th through the 22nd um and so this will be an awesome option for this is one that I would like to go to because I've started to interact a lot more with systems engineers and also have systems engineering uh, aspects of my own tasking that I have to continually learn from Incosi's standards and doctrine and stuff like that. Um, so this is basically going from everything from teaching you what systems engineering is, how it's done, and what they can be expected to do, and then learning from practitioners in your field. Um, they've even they've got a few tracks going on, so it looks like they're doing some exploring real-time AI, so how you do that from a systems engineering perspective, um, and also the futures of systems engineering as AI grows in the world. So a lot of kind of interesting content, but I, I think what I like about most conferences and a lot of places offer them is kind of these like technical programs that you can go to and learn a little bit about how to apply different you know methods or you know learning how to do something new that you can apply in your own job. And they've also, I think, got a fair amount of kind of technical sessions you can go and attend. Yeah, and they got a lot of uh, prominent um, folks that are that are there from a, a lot of different, uh, you know, well-known companies like Boeing is going to be there. Um, and, yeah, systems engineering. It kind of goes back to what I was talking about, right, understanding how people um, interact, especially systems engineering and especially requirements. You know, the earlier you can get in on the process and help develop some of those requirements that might benefit the user, the better. Uh, and this is just another one of those ones that kind of um, helps us evangelize what we do. And it's it's a different crowd, uh, but it's it's definitely worth mentioning. Um, up next, we have another one that I uh, wasn't sure about. I think so. Uh, we mentioned I uh, F E E S earlier. This one's related. This one's I I S E, and um, 
So this is uh, another ergonomics conference. This is called Applied Ergonomics Conference. Uh, this is going to be a virtual event from August 4th to August 6th. And uh, this, this uh, ergonomics society, so Applied Ergonomics Society is um, doing this uh, international nonprofit um, associate. I'm, I'm reading here. Here. I'm trying to figure out what IISE stands for uh, because it's definitely not applied ergonomics. Um, and I want to make sure that I am conveying oh, the correct information. For some reason, I feel like IISE is a systems engineering conference. So, the what I. I oh, AES is a society. So, Applied Ergonomics Society is a society within IISE. So, uh, the Applied Ergonomics Conference is really what we're talking about here. Um, and they're they're talking about things like ergonomics, safety, healthcare, human resources, risk management. So a lot of a lot of things that are, um, you know, right up right up ergonomist Sally, uh, for sure. Um, and so so that would probably be a good one. You know, you and I, Blake, we nerded out over at Ergo X, um, and I can't believe we left those off. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'll add them now. Why not? We can we can talk about those at length. Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, so in terms of the next, what we've got kind of coming up next, this is one I haven't heard of either. So this has been more of a kind of fun exercise in learning about the the wide variety of different societies and conferences related to human factors that we don't really talk about all that much. So this one is IEA, so Industrial Environmental Association. So something we're definitely cons- consistently dealing with in our world today is protecting the environment. And this looks like their conference is going to be from September 29th to October 1st of 2020. Also scheduled to be a virtual event, looking like it's going to be their first one ever, or that's how they're promoting it. In uh, Let's see here. Let me get a little more information about what they may be showing. Because it looks like right now they're, they've kind of just got some of the sponsorship content. Um, looks like they're still trying to curate a little bit of what's going to actually be going forward in the, con- in the conference itself. But really what they're, what they're trying to focus on, at least in this first virtual conference they're doing or the first set, is looking at areas including air, hazardous materials, health and safety, sustainability, and water with experts from Southern California and beyond. So I think this is looking at professionals both that are maybe in the science realm, but also with engineering backgrounds potentially too, trying to come up with innovative solutions to deal with some of these various health and safety aspects of our environment. Uh, So that should be pretty interesting and something that I definitely don't know a whole lot about and the kind of cool intersection for this area at least is that you get like a like for a lot of work you'll end up kind of getting a specific sector or you like you only work in the private sector or not much experience with the with the public sector but this conference will span all of that so everything from nonprofits to public and private to government um, and the DOD even all c- trying to come together and solve some of the bigger environmental issues that we have so that's awesome to see yeah. Um, up next, so I, I alluded to it. I can't believe we left them off the list. And the whole reason we left them off the list is because I just saw the email come in before uh, we went off. We went on the show, and or, well, not seconds, minutes before we went on the show and did the prep for this. Um, the the actual email came through that said, "Hey, save the dates for the virtual HFES uh, um, annual symposium or annual meeting. So we talk about HFES all the time on the show. I'm not going to rehash it, uh, but I will let you all know that the dates are set. It's now October 5th through the 9th, uh, and it's a virtual event. Um, so uh, you know what, Blake? I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to be there this year. I'm, it's exciting to say because I wasn't there last year because uh, that's around the time that uh, my son was born. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it'll be uh, so. Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be good to kind of reconnect virtually. So uh, we'll at least have some coverage from that. And I should mention coverage too on all of these. Um, you know, I think we're we're gonna obviously we're only two people. We can't attend all these because it would be very expensive for us. Um, so we're gonna attend kind of the bigger ones if we can. However, that being said, if you're going to one of these uh, and want to like let us know about your experience, you can like write us up something or be on the show. Even we're extending that invitation. We you know we have a pretty tight knit community on our Slack. You can come talk to us. Uh, we're happy to have you on because I think. You know, it's one thing for us to sit here and talk about all these conferences, never gone to them before. But I mean, we've done coverage on AHFE with others who have gone. We've done com- uh, we've done coverage on Kai, uh, or was it HCI? I don't remember anymore. Um, I think it was Kai. I think it was Kai. I don't think it was HCI. Um, no, I don't think it was HCI. It was Kai for sure. Uh, you know, and we've done um, remote coverage on some of these other ones. So I mean. If you're going to one, let us know. We'd be happy to uh, talk to you about it. And, and, you know, if you're too shy about being on uh, the show, we can certainly just relay your thoughts and opinions. But, um, yeah, definitely come check it out. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and talk about this next one. Oh, no, you talk about the next one. Got it. So it looks like <laughs> Nick's found out that the Ergo X Symposium will actually be virtual this year as well. And it looks like it's October 13th through the 14th. Uh, I don't know about you, Nick. This is one of my favorite conferences that I've ever been able to be a part of just because it was it was a topic that I really didn't know a whole lot about because I don't have a background in ergonomics the I have a human factors degree but the ergonomics like focus was not very much in my particular uh, master's program so I don't get a whole lot of exposure to it but the amount of kind of now in 2020 and leading up to now the stories we've done the different like um, what do you call it webinars we've done through some of the ErgoX content it seems like the the development of like a data-driven ergonomic um, exoskeleton is just going to keep growing and the applications kind of get wider and wider. So this is a great place to be able to see, and it'll be interesting how they do this from a virtual perspective, like see where, what the most cutting edge technology is for exoskeletons across a lot of different disciplines, like from the DOD to manufacturing to even sometimes in the medical community. So this will be a fun one to see not only just what's new, um, but how it kind of adapts to the virtual medium, because so much of this particular one, I felt like it was awesome to be in the room. Um, but nonetheless, I'm sure the pre- the presenters will do an awesome job regardless. Yeah, I'll second that. This one was a really fun one to go to for a lot of the same reasons that you said. Um, you know, I, I just remember nerding out with uh, Chris Reed and Dave Rempel uh, on our little interview series. <laughs> Uh, after it and being like, this is the nerdiest thing I've ever done that I've ever seen. And it's awesome. And I love it. Uh, I got, I got really giddy about it and it was just a ton of fun. Um, so yeah, go check that out. I, and I will say, you know, that it goes without saying for a lot of these, if, if they interest you even a little bit and you know nothing about it, it could be fun to just d- jump in the deep end and see what's going on. All right, this next one here is uh, HFE tag, and I will preface this one with it's not open to the public. Um, so take that as you will. Uh, it, it's invite only, and it's um, for DoD professionals. But I, as of now, uh, it's it's um, it's being postponed to fall 2020. I know it was uh, initially set for I think May of this year. 
I think it's going to be virtual, but I'm not sure. Um, I Full disclosure, I will be presenting something here. Uh, so that'll be fun. And I'll try to get access to that to, to um, get it to all of you if I can. Um, but uh, just to let you know what this is, it's basically the Department of Defense Human Factors Engineering Technical Advisory Group. So that's the full DOD HFE tag. Um, and it's just a bunch of representatives from the DOD, uh, from NASA, from the FAA, Homeland Security, um, Veterans Affairs. And basically, they're just researching and developing um with research and development responsibility and human factors uh, and related disciplines. So, and it's just kind of this uh, powwow of a bunch of different uh, agencies from the government that get together. Um, so, so that note that that again is not available to the public, um, but hopefully, hopefully there will be some coverage. I'll see what I can share. Got it. Yeah. Always a interesting place to be. All right, so what we got up next is CES, so better known as the Consumer Electronics Show, put on by, I actually didn't know this, it's put on by what's called the CTA, so Consumer Technology Association. So this is better known as the large conference that comes through every year and basically showcases some of the most innovative up-and-coming consumer technology um, where you'll... I think it's a, it's usually a few days long and you have like exhibitors from usually more than over like 5,000 companies, including things from manufacturing and develop it, development of new software, but even things that range from, you know, IOT and, you know, different AI subsystems. So it's just a really enjoyable place to kind of get a sense of where technology is today and what we can expect in the future, um, both from a computing standpoint, but also from just like software in general. So it's a really interesting conference every year to watch some of the coverage. And so I I think this will really, it would adopt well to a virtual format, but it looks like right now it's projected to be in 2021, but with no specific info, whether it's in person, virtual, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we won't go further than 2021 here. This is like early 2021. CES usually happens within the first couple of weeks, Um, but we wanted to get you through the end of this year. Um, with a little preview into next year. I will just a couple extra notes on CES. I know that's another one that's not very like human factorsy or UXy. Um, but the reason we included that one is, um, you know, if if you are like a struggling um, grad student that's looking for technologies that you you just don't know where to go or what to work on or what interests you really, you know, like I. I I know a lot of people think they know and or, or even undergrads that uh, don't know what they want to work on yet. Like, right, for me, my bug was virtual reality. Um, this is a good venue to look at the wide swath of kind of technology coming out and being like, oh, I didn't even know that existed. Uh, I want to work on something like that. Um, and you can kind of see where the field is going when you go there and look at, like, what the types of things people are developing, right? Like, I think we saw the, you know, the full screen flip phones back now. It's like there's some human factors that goes into that, right? So there's some ergonomics that goes into that. So uh, that's just a good place to kind of sample the technology. If you want to get into the tech field, right, like, that's that's a good place to go and look it up. Um, anyway, we will have links to all of these conferences in our show notes for you. Uh, so you can follow the links and find out more information there. Again, we just kind of wanted to take a break from the news this week uh, since there really wasn't much there. And, um, you know, just give you the the heads up about uh, 
what's going on in the world of conferences and uh, especially right now, you know, the, the information might not be flowing just because uh, a lot of these things are virtual or postponed or canceled. And hopefully this answered some questions for you. Um, if this was like helpful to you, you know, let us know. We'll do more of this stuff in the future if it's worth like a, a, a mid-year check-in on all these conferences because I know there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of different options. So let us know what you think. Uh, we tried something different and uh, we, we, uh, we stayed agile is, is what we would say in the scrum master class. So, <laughs> so we'll take a quick break and we'll be back to break down or actually we'll be back to, I need to take that out because we're only doing really one news story. Anyway, we'll be back right after this and, uh, we'll talk about what came from Reddit. Human Factors Cast strives to bring you the best in human factors chatter every week. We pack news, interviews, reviews, and overall fun conversations into each and every product that we put our seal of approval on. But we can't do it without you. You see, the Human Factors Cast Network is 100% listener supported. All the funds that go into running this show come from the listeners. That's why we're giving back to our supporters on Patreon, now more than ever. Pledges start at just $1 per month and include rewards like 24-7 access to our exclusive Human Factors Cast Slack channel, personalized professional reviews, and Human Factors Cast Infinite, a Patreon-only podcast where the topic is Human Factors, etc. We're always updating our rewards, so stop by patreon.com slash humanfactorscast to see what support level may be right for you. Thank you all, and remember, it depends. Okay, and we're back. I just want to thank all of our friends uh, across all of those conferences. So that's, uh, what, ergonomicstacfees.eu. We got Kai 2020, IEEE, AHFE, HCI, and COSI, IISE, IEA, HFES, ErgoX, HFE, TAG, CES. For our coverage this week, I guess. <laughs> if you want to follow along uh, with the normal news cycle, we do post all those stories on our social media or on our Slack. You can join us there. Uh, we do post those as we find them. And it's a great place where you can let us know about things you may find out there, too. Um, we actually get a lot of our news from you guys and, and the community. So please go uh, go give us more stories to talk about. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Well, why don't we get into this next part of the show? It came from... It came from... That's right, it came from Reddit. This is where we talk about stuff the community is talking about. This is actually where we go out. We, If we don't get anything directly, or the things that we get directly are inappropriate in some way, um, we go out to the community. We actually go out and look for things that we can talk about because there are questions out there that need answers. Uh, and this week is no different. We got user Mojito51 on the Human Factor subreddit. So you know it's good when it comes from the Human Factor subreddit. Uh, so the question this week, Human Factor Psychology and Human Factors Engineering are the same thing, right? They'd go on to say, I just want to clarify this. LOL. Blake, what do you think? Human Factors Engineering, Human Factor Psychology, same thing? Oh, man. Well, it's... Okay, so... Our favorite phrase is it depends because it's going to depend on who you talk to on what answer you get to this question. Um, I'll give you mine. I think they are distinctly different, but have o overlapping areas, right? Because they both obviously have the word human factors in them. 
Um, and so it's, I think it's an application that tends to be a little bit different. Human factors engineering, I think you get a lot more of an engineering focus. Uh, so understanding system, the systems engineering side of the world when it comes to product development or software design or even you know physical product design. Um, that's something I don't have as much of a background in. I had like a very brief foray into systems, systems engineering as part of my like human factors background. Uh, but a lot of what mine focused on was the applied psychology aspect of it. So a lot of the HF methodology we know now. So, you know, usability testing, coming up with quick and dirty methods to be able to do your job on the fly. I'm um, getting a little bit divergent from the scientific principles. Um, whereas also my program definitely focused on, I think a lot of my background focuses on um, things like sensation and perception, understanding human behavior. Um, whereas I've seen some of my engineering colleagues, they focus a lot more on kind of system behavior and the system interaction and how that can be informed by things we know about human behavior. So I think there is a distinction in the titles and there's definitely definitely some stark distinction in colleagues that I have about you're not a, you're not a human factors engineer if you don't have a human factors engineering degree. Um, and I think that is in some ways well-founded. But again, it I think it is in some ways overlapping in a lot of, a lot of ways. And you end up doing a little bit of both learning more about the psychology side of human factors, as well as the application and the engineering principles in your day-to-day job, depending on where you work and what you do. Uh, but Nick, what do you think? I th- okay. Uh, unpopular opinion time, I guess, cause it's, uh, it, it does depend. And I would say there are differences, but they are minor. Those are the ones that you just illustrated, right? Both roles are trying to advocate for the user. Both roles are trying to improve processes, procedures for the user, uh, interfaces, you, you name it, right? They're, they're trying to improve uh, things for the user. Um, I will say the differences that you've uh, enumerated are uh, correct. I think at least in terms of like, if you were to, if you were to look at kind of the, the very small differences between these, yes, one has sort of that systems engineering background and one has a more um, psychology leaning background. I think the assumption that uh, no one can be in a human factors engineer if they don't have an engineering degree is um, a little pompous. And, and personally, I think is, um, uh, you know, it, it could be, I don't know, man, like I, I've worked on systems stuff and I understand engineering from a systems perspective now. So I, I would consider myself a human factors engineer, right? And it's like I was classically trained in human factor psychology. Haven't haven't done that in a while. I could come back to it, but um, I think the difference is so small. And it's like you know, as as long as we're all on the same side, guys, and trying to like, trying to advocate for the user, it really doesn't matter all that much. Um, if you're looking at degrees, then you know the coursework might be a little different. You might have more engineering stuff in in one versus more psychology stuff in the other. And it might give you different skill sets, and that's okay. I think, you know, there's going to be different jobs that require different skill sets, and, um, you know, 95% of the time, what you expect to be doing with your skill set is not the thing that you're going to be doing with your skill set. It's going to change in some way or another, so you'll adapt. Um, That's my two cents on it. I don't know if that's right. We're just too podcast dudes i don't i don't know man like that that's my thoughts on it and uh you know if it's really that important to you yeah they're different if it's not that important to you they're not different like you you know (laughs) like let's just be real about it um 
Well, I think the the main difference or the difference that I've seen between somebody who calls themselves a human factors engineer versus a human factors psychologist or th- and this is my opinion in my experience. I don't it's not going to be valid for everybody, but I've seen that the approach is quite different. Yeah, um, different skill sets. With yeah, very different approaches, but ultimately the same goal of creating a system that is safe and provides a good user experience at the end of the day. I mean, that's really the the crux of what you're trying to do, but it's like some, like I I wouldn't have known, you know, a year ago to take out like an MBSE or a model-based systems engineering approach uh, to design software. I just, not something I had a whole lot of experience in. And I think I've brought, you know, interesting perspectives from, you know, the understanding somebody's viewpoint from working with an HMI uh, versus only what's under it and supporting the user that way. So I think they're, they're definitely, it's kind of a, a difference in the light, right brain or left brain, which is not a great analogy for this. Um, but it's, it's a difference in how you start to approach a problem, but ultimately converge on a very similar solution, or at least that's the goal uh, just different skill sets. All right. Well, that's going to be it for today, everyone. Let us know what you guys think of that coverage. I know it was a little different from the news stories we typically do, but uh, you know, if you liked it, then, um, then let us know because uh, this is something I think we'd like to do, like a mid-year check-in on what kind of conferences are coming up. Um, you can join us on our Slack. Uh, follow us all over our social media channels at HFactors Podcast. Let us know there. You can also email us directly, show at humanfactorscast.com. If you like what you hear, you want to support the show, you can leave us a review on your podcast medium of choice. Um, we usually suggest Patreon, but there are other people that need money. Just donate to whatever else. Don't donate to us. We don't need it. And, of course, you can always reach us at our home on the web, humanfactorscast.com. Uh, I want to thank Mr. Blake Arnsdorf for being on the show today. Where can our listeners go and find you if they want to talk about mistaking acronyms for other things? You guys can always catch me in the Human Factors Cast Slack. Pretty sure my tag is at Blake, but you can also find me across social media at Don't Panic UX. As for me, I've been your host, Nick Rome. You can find me across social media at Nick underscore Rome. Thanks again for tuning in to Human Factors Cast. Until next time, depends. Spacecraft, railway locomotives, nuclear submarines, healthcare, jet aircraft, these are all examples of highly technical systems and organisations, and all have one particular thing in common. They all involve humans. Humans who want to do amazing things and are using technology to achieve them. They all have something else in common. They have amazing people ensuring that the users who are involved can do what they need to do, are safe when they do so, and have the optimum user experience. These people are Human Factors practitioners, and on 1202, the Human Factors podcast, they talk to me, Barry Kirby, about what they do, sharing their career paths, highlighting their ideas and best practices, and fundamentally raising awareness of our discipline. Find us on 1202podcast.com, on social media, and on your favourite podcast directory, because it's more than just common sense.